Hey, it's another week. This is Andrew Wood, joined as always by pastor and friend Jason Hayes of Shoreline Church. And Jason, you know, it's weird, but every week we find ourselves right in between Sundays. Um, we do. Here. And so. this this between Sundays has included some sun. It's weird. It has been glorious. It is. It is. Uh, it's nice. Sunday was nice. Yes. Yesterday was nice. Yes. We've Except had a few, for the we've morning. Had, yeah, Yesterday had, morning was a bit of a monsoon. It was kind of odd. We've had. Well, yeah, we've, we've our had, Monday morning, yes, Monday, exactly, morning. Monday morning. Yeah. We've had a few days uh, of pretty good weather here this yeah, week. It's been nice. uh, and so I do believe rain is coming back in rain. this weekend. A lot uh, of rain. So we're just going to enjoy it, man. Yeah, it's been, you know, uh, yeah, Sunday was Sunday was really nice. Monday. It was, I, I got up and I was like, I'm going to work, but it is raining sheets of water and I'm not walking to the van. Yes. I'm going to wait until it calms down a little bit and it didn't, it didn't want to calm down. And so, uh, but yeah, the, I'm so ready for spring, man. I don't know if there's been a year in my adult life where I've been more ready for warm weather yeah. than this year. I think, I think the pandemic mm-hmm. has to have a huge piece in that because we've all been so, just kind of hunkered down. Hunkered down. It's been cold. Yeah. It's yeah. been rainy. We've had so much rain. Right. And, uh, we've had some snow. We, we've had cold weather. And it's just, I'm tired of being cold. Right. Even in my house. Even in my office. There were the other day I was sitting in my office and I went, I'm turning the thermostat up to, cause I was the only one up there. And I was like, I'm putting it up to 72. I don't care what it, I'm cold. I'm just a cold. You are moment. such a rebel. Yeah. I mean, wow. I was a rebel. I mean, man, you were really living on the wild side, pushing yeah. it all the way to 72. Yeah. yeah. Man. Then, then I got hot. So, <laughs> so what is the, uh, what's the spring activity that you're looking forward to the most? Uh, just being outside really in general, yeah. you know, once we get on into May and June, we'll open up the pool. That, that'll right. be fun. But, just being outside and not feeling like I have to have layer upon layer. Right. Uh, and so like even Sunday, uh, you know, I was, I was speaking at Shoreline Church and right. then, uh, went home and I told you I was going to split wood. You did. That ended up lasting a lot longer than I anticipated. I thought you were going to have a splitter. I did. I but did. Still and it still, there was a lot of wood. Oh, okay. And so well, I do you started. Need to, do you need to get rid of some no, of the wood? I don't. Okay. Cause I, don't. I was going to no. say, I'm not going to get search. rid of any, not going to get rid of any. I'm but, in search. But I, I got home from, from church. It was probably, I don't know, 12.30. Went and got my neighbor's wood splitter, which he's a great neighbor. Right. I love him. Uh, started splitting. Okay. So around 12.30, started splitting. Aaron and the kids got home, uh, made lunch. I quickly ate, went back to splitting. I did not stop splitting wood until 5.30. Oh, my. And uh, Were you able to walk the next I was. Night? I was really sore. <laughs> like... You don't realize, even if you're fit and active, you're right. working out, you don't realize there are muscles within your body that you just don't touch. Correct. And when you start moving wood around, you're like, oh, I didn't even know I had a, yeah. I didn't know I yeah. could get sore in that particular well, that's area. I've just chosen to not use any of those muscles by not doing any of those activities. But here's the thing. Back in the day. Okay, give it to me. Back in the day. All that wood would have been split with an axe. I know that's the incredible it took, thing. It took me four, almost five hours with a wood splitter. Right. It would have took me de- maybe weeks. I, if I'm <laughs> honest, I, I want to say it would have took me days. It would yeah. have took me so long to split that with an axe. I Man. mean, that would have been your entire day. Every day you would have gotten up. Like if you were Ma and Paul from Little House on the Prairie, Paul would have looked at Ma and said, Hey, honey. So I'm going to be splitting wood today. 
and tomorrow and the next day. And it's never going to end. Right. Ever. Right. It will never end. I had a dear friend in Nashville that they had a, um, like a, like a wood burning, uh, I, I guess they call it a furnace. Furnace, outside you know, furnace. Like, yeah, yeah, like my dad has that heats yeah. the house yep. and stuff of the sort and they could and use the it. And the water and everything. Yeah, they had water, the pool, yep. the whole deal. But man, that guy, and he, they lived in the woods. Okay. Yep. So it was constantly just like going and grabbing anything that had fallen, just constantly burning it. But it, it did, it, it made me tired just observing because it really was like we have to have wood yep. year round. My dad like has year done round. that. My dad has done that my entire life. And even now when I talk to him on the phone, he's like, yeah, I fell asleep on the couch and got up about three, went out and checked the furnace, made wow. sure it still had wood in it. I was like, oh, and then you got to get up at, yeah. and go milk. Well, for me, it's like, yeah, you know, I fell asleep on the couch and. I'm just going to walk to the foyer and look at the thermostat. Yeah. Or I'm going to pull my phone up and control it. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, which we yeah. do have now. Or I'm yeah. just going to control the thermostat with my phone. <laughs> and, you know, my dad's like, he told me the other day, he's like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm running low, which here, here's the way my dad operates. Okay. Right, he says he's running low on wood. So he has a giant stack of wood outside his furnace that you would look at and go, that's going to be enough for the whole year. Right. No question. Right. And he's so a giant stack of wood. Well, then he has what we call the woodshed okay. that's full of wood, that's been full of wood my entire life that doesn't get touched because that's for emergency purposes, but there's never a moment that, is, that it's been touched. But so then is, he has is wood. Is it the same wood that's been sitting there for 20 so, years? Yeah, so it's good it's in season. It's good in season, yeah. So then he has wood in the other barn, in, in what we call the barn lot. That He has one stable. That, that is not a stable. It's a, it holds wood. And so that wood has been in there my entire life. That wood is specifically for the fireplace insert in the house. Okay. So you want to burn that wood specifically for in the house. Well, my dad doesn't burn wood in the house anymore because the furnace does all it needs right. to do. And what's he going to do? Sit by himself in the living room and look right. at a fire? He's right. not going to do that. Yeah. And so he has all this, he does have wood, but then he's telling me the other day, I'm almost out. I'm, I'm running low. And I'm like, no, no you're, you're not. not. No, you're not. No, that's, that's called hoarding. That's what that's called. <laughs> And you're hoarding wood. There's, there's a, there's a show on a number of different television networks that are about you, Dad. Yeah, well, about you. Yeah. That, that is true. That's and, a and, true and, and on a number of different fronts, <laughs> possibly. That is so, that is so true. So, so true. uh, so big news, uh, with Shoreline Church today, uh, we were beginning discussions. No, I shouldn't say beginning, but we were really, developing discussions related to Easter. Oh, I mean, yeah. like that means the spring it's is coming. like yeah. right around the well, corner. February's over next week. Yeah. I mean, it's it done. is great. And, and Easter's early this year. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's early April. And yeah. so, um, man, I am, I am jazzed about the spring. We've started spring baseball already, yes. yep. uh, and have been out the last couple of nights with spring games. And man, it's, uh, UT it baseball is, started. It's, it's great. Yeah. We're, we're yes. moving in the direction of, you know, warmer weather, even Texas getting hammered like they did last week with snow and ice. I saw pictures over the week. It's 70. It was 70 there over the weekend. They went from single digits right. in Austin to 70 plus degrees in the span of that is six the, days. That's some East Tennessee type stuff. It right is there. very much. Yeah. And, and, and the mess that they're having to deal with yeah. to clean up and frozen pipes and yeah. electric bills. My goodness. And, and so. I'm just going to let you know, if I ever receive an electric bill that's $10,000, I'm not paying it. I will not be paying I'm just, you can do what you, what you see fit. <laughs> but I will not but be paying But this guy <laughs> is not paying it. 
Especially when I didn't have electricity. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not paying it. Yeah, I did see one guy that said they like basically kept the house at like 45 degrees oh and they still got a $5,000 yeah. bill. Yeah, I'm not paying it. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So I did want to let you know, I mean, I don't want to make a big deal out of it, but, uh, you just barely escaped getting voted off the show last week. Oh, you wow. were not with yeah. us. Yeah. I uh, had Chuck Hooten with yeah, me. Yeah, Chuck's good. And, uh, he did a great job yeah. and just kind of the conversation. You know, kind of flourished, and then I yeah. was kind of like just kind of quietly between the breaks. I was like, "Hey, hey what, what you do you do, do on yeah. Wednesdays?" Yeah. And then it just did. I I decided against it. Good, well, but I, I mean, you that. just barely, barely just kind of managed to hold on to your spot. And so I think um, in the remaining part of our show, we're going to need to bring our absolute A game, okay. Okay. mostly you. Okay. Yeah. Um, just yeah. so I feel good about my decision. Yeah. Well, that's you know, and and I think that's important. The one thing, uh, the one thing about Chuck is I fix my hair. Right. He does not. No. no or he maybe does not. he does, but it, it takes a lot of effort to make it look messy. So for those that uh, don't know, Chuck Hooten is one of our worship leaders, uh, Shoreline, incredibly gifted guy, one of my dearest friends. Uh, Chuck was leading a worship event uh, elsewhere yeah. uh, this last weekend. And so we had uh, one of his friends come in from Birmingham. I had not had a chance to meet this friend yeah. before. Uh, Jeremy Moore did a fantastic job, but Chuck failed to mention to us that Jeremy Moore looks exactly like Chuck Hooten. Especially Hooten. with a mask on. It yes. Is, it is uncanny. I was like, wait. Yeah. If you, if you were a first time, or I'm sorry, if you were just a, a still fairly new in your um, attendance with Shoreline, yeah. you would have not known had yeah. we not said, hey, this is not Chuck Hooten. Have you found yourself, with, speaking of mask, uh, when, when you walk up and meet somebody for the first time and, and they have a mask on, and then through the conversation, maybe you're outside or whatever, the mask comes off. So you saw them initially with the mask on, and you probably in your mind went on and put a picture together right. of their whole face. Right. Like, this is what I think their face looks like. Right. Then they take the mask off, and you're like, nope, not what I thought it was going to look like. It is what is happening on a weekly basis on this radio show. <laughs> yeah. People are thinking, based on how yeah. I mean, deep and just non-squeaky, I mean, right. and how masculine right. sure, of course. Uh, these voices Yes. Uh, are that they probably are expecting some type of, you know, Fabio type right. character. Uh, yes. And then they see us, which is, I mean, more like a, like a Brad Pitt type sure, figure. Yeah. Very and, much. and it's just confusing. Yeah, to it them. is very confusing. Or it is, we hear Jason's high pitched squeaky voice and we, just think that he looks average, and then we see him in person, and he looks even more average than that, what we anticipated. Hey, average is uh, if you were playing baseball, and yes, you're, and your average is average. You could you 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 would actually be a hall of fame. You're going to make a career. Yeah, that's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, you so, go one for three for your good. whole career, you're going to be a hall of famer that's possibly. Good. Yeah, I mean that is that's average. Yeah. But it's better than most. Come on now. And so I think. So yeah, all that to say though, I have as much to joke about. I've had some of those. I moments. saw a guy this morning that came to came to came to Hope to look around, had a mask on, had in my mind what I thought he looked like. Right. Took his mask off, and I wanted to go, dude. That is not. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. not what I thought you were going to look like. Um, I've so had odd. I've had a, also a number of instances where I just didn't recognize people, which is yes. unfortunate. You yes. know, like where the person walks up and they're like, I'm like, hey, it's really. You know, nice to meet you. Or they kind of say, yeah. 
something that indicates, oh, oh wait, and then and then I realize like yeah. I I would have recognized them possibly. Um, but the mask just gets it complicated. I had somebody the other day, like, wave real big. Yeah. And I just was like, oh, man, it's so good to see you, uh, you know, blah, 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 acting yeah. like I knew him. And no clue. Yeah. And then I walked off, and I started going through my head, okay, who was that? And then I was like, oh, yeah. Like, but that was Jason. They've been to my house. Okay. <laughs> and so, like, I know them, but at first I didn't, yeah. I didn't recognize them. So what them. is your go-to, Andrew? What is your go-to on – um, the, the greeting situation when you're not sure if you know someone. Okay. So like my go-to is, Hey, it's great to see you. Yes. I, I go with great to see you because I feel like it could be, uh, like kind of, yep. kind of translated as a greeting as a first time person, yep. but also, it's a follow up for someone that I I have met before. I'm a, it's a good to see you because it's not ever really great to see anybody. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but, but, but I'm a I'm, yeah probably like oh hey good to see you. Right now, do you and Aaron have a code uh, like when it comes to like do I know this person like you know for together we're trying to yeah, establish no. like there, there's no code. No, and and here's my struggle is I struggle with names. Okay, so I know faces really well. But there are times where we'll walk away and Aaron's like, you didn't introduce me. And yeah. Like, yeah. Cause I don't, I don't remember their name. So I do. A, I don't know what to do in that weird situation. I, sometimes I'll go, this is my wife, Aaron. And then I hope that person will introduce themselves, oh. like say their name. Oh. So instead of saying, Aaron, this is so and so, I go, Hey, this is my wife, Aaron. And, often, and then in my mind, I'm thinking, please say your name. I go with the, have you met my wife, Carrie? Okay. Or like, or I'll say, yeah, some, hey, have y'all met before? And just kind of, uh, remind me, you know, that type yeah, deal. Yeah. And then, um, and then hopefully things escalate from there. And, and so a number of our listeners are like looking back on a past conversation <laughs> they've had and they're oh, they like, didn't know darn us. it. They did <laughs> not know us. They just played please, it off. Please know. Sometimes it's just hard. It is. It's, it's hard. You know, look, and, and, and I'll be honest, there are times where people see me and they know me and recognize me and they call me Andy. And and you don't know me. You're, you called me Andy. Right. You don't know me. Listen, it's Fix been it. um, not our best first segment, <laughs> Andy. Uh, but uh, we're 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 gonna come back, and we're gonna come back with a vengeance. Yes. Amen. Excited to jump into some important stuff. Amen. We'll be back. Help is on the way. Who's that? Kobe Mack, of DC Talk. Kind of sounds like... Formerly of DC Talk. Uh, or always. Once yeah, DC Talk, fair. always DC that's Talk. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, he kind of sounds like uh, Hugh Jackman from The Greatest Showman right there. <laughs> Ladies and gents, that's a <laughs> Such a great movie. Yeah. Such a great movie. I saw a, a video last night on Instagram of a family, and it was like first time watching The Greatest Showman, they're all just laying in the floor. Yeah. Second time watching The Greatest Showman, like more of them are singing. And then the third time, the dad was like Hugh Jackman standing up on a chair singing, the whole family singing and dancing. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much accurate. We, uh, it's a great movie. We really enjoy The Greatest Showman. It's good. And we have purchased it, uh, and so we go back and well, I guess we just have it through Disney Plus. Yeah, it's I good. Think. And so, uh, yeah, so we go back and watch it pretty regularly. It's good. The soundtrack's amazing. And I'm not even into musicals, really, but it right. is it is very well done. You are. You I'm are. Kind of you are into musicals. Let's, yeah. let's not. Let's I, I will say we that. watched over, every Friday night's movie night for the Wood family. Right. And the last three weeks have been quite amazing. The, uh, we, we found some new family movies that, that 
uh, are new to the scene and they, they've been really good. But on Disney Plus this past Friday night, we watched, uh, it's about a superhero squirrel. Oh. And it was really good. Oh. Really good. The kids enjoyed it. So do you all do it. popcorn for movie nights? We do pizza, Domino's okay. pizza every Friday night. Okay. And then, um, and then we watch the movie. Sometimes we'll throw popcorn in afterwards. It just depends on, on how everybody's feeling. I will say Gavin is starting the process of braces. And so popcorn oh, is going to go yeah, that, away. That, We're not going to eat it if he can't eat it. Yeah, so. that's tough. Um, I, uh, I actually was hearing uh, on another um, talk show, they were discussing that um, theaters were hoping, most theaters were hoping to have some degree of oh, kind of hope. opening again. You know, some are already open, but, but some degree of, uh, of, of, you know, kind of normal hours and processes and systems starting here in the next couple of months. And uh, the thing that really like kind of appealed to me was I've missed movie popcorn. Yeah, it's it's I, so I good. I love some movie popcorn. What? I also like to dump M&Ms mm, yeah. in yep. uh, and it kind of lets it to warm it up and then you get kind of like a chocolatey drizzle. Yeah. Oh, it's The only way stuff. that's going to work, though, is if they release movies at the theaters. Right. Right now, they've been releasing them all that's direct right. to, to download. And, right. And, and so even, even there was a – we saw a preview the other day uh, – do you call them previews or trailers? I call them both, probably. Okay. Well, we we saw a preview the other Together. day. Together, preview trailer. Preview trailer. Call it. And uh, and Gavin was like, "Oh, let's let's watch that one." I'm like, "Well, it's going to go straight to Disney Plus, but you're going to pay thirty dollars extra to watch it now." And I said, "Gavin, we'll just wait a few weeks, a couple months, and then it'll be free on Disney Plus." Right. Uh, and so we're not going to pay thirty dollars now when we could just wait a little bit longer and watch it. And so it's going to be interesting to see what the theater industry looks like yeah, moving could, forward. Yeah, could be changed forever. Uh, yeah. Got Tom and Jerry a movie coming yeah. out. Uh, my boys still, not so much my 14-year-old, yeah. um, but my fifth and third grader, both still really enjoy some like classic Tom and Jerry. Yeah. And so they've kind of brought Tom and Jerry into uh, you know this era. On this movie, and so it should be interesting. That's good. Yeah. So, hey, man, uh, you know, we've talked about a lot of lighthearted stuff uh, so far, but actually a really heavy week, specifically here in yeah. our community. You know, we often talk about uh, things that are a little bit more global or at least a little bit more national in nature, uh, whether it's related to politics, things happening in D.C., um, events that are uh, in other places of the country or other places of the world. Uh, but this week in Knoxville, and really over the last couple of weeks, have been uh, really, really, really hard um, in terms of violence, and especially violence related to young people yeah. and shootings. And so, speak a bit about that. Yeah, I mean, since January 2021, so we're, I mean, we're just barely, almost two months in, and three Austin East students have been shot and killed since January, and. And it's just sad, man. The the uh, the second one was leaving school, pulling out of the school parking lot, was shot, uh, wrecked the car, and then he died. And then just a few nights later, a, a young lady, I think she was 14, uh, was shot and killed. And so I, I think our community is trying to figure out the next steps. And, and so Austin East went virtual for a while. And then I love to see that when they went back to school, a ton of the community folks were there to kind of escort them in and be there for them. Right. Um, but look, th- this is a, I'm just gonna, t- to be completely frank and transparent for a second. What irks me about these times, 
is is a lot of times your leaders, quote unquote, think we just need to have a press conference and talk about it. And folks, we've been having press conferences and talking about this for years. Right. I don't I don't have the answer. But my goodness, we have to find the answer, and it doesn't involve a podium and a press conference with a camera in your face. Right. It, it involves being engaged in the community, building relationships within the community. And I would uh, say the same is true not just for uh, our government leaders. Absolutely. I'm going to say that as includes our community leaders. I'm also going to say that includes our pastors. Yeah. And uh, and that includes me, friends. You know, it absolutely clu- includes me when we – uh, stepped into uh, trying to address the opioid epidemic here in uh, the East Tennessee area, uh, we began to kind of work together with a handful of other churches, and now that's grown into uh, almost 25 churches. And um, and one of the things that we were just really committed to is we could not just be having meetings about nope. this. We could not have our name just associated, connected to this. We actually are going to have to do something. And so... Uh, here in just the next month or two, uh, we'll be opening the Renew Clinic, yep. which is going to be an incredible resource for um, so many people in the East Tennessee area that are battling the opioid epidemic. And so kind of the same same thing is true mm-hmm. as it relates to this particular issue. Uh, it is gut-wrenching. It is so, so sad, uh, but it's also complex. And, yep. uh, and so... Again, the goal in us serving our community is not for our own gain. It is not so that we can get something out of it or look a certain way, but rather that we would actually meet needs and find solutions to problems that we face. Well, and and it's heartbreaking to think there's a group of kids that are getting up every day, not just fearful about going to school. And and not to mention over the last year, we've had a pandemic and everything that goes along with that. Right. But not just fearful to go to school, but fearful to play out in their yard, fearful mm-hmm. to be walking down the sidewalk. Uh, I saw a video the other day. A, a guy had a ring doorbell, you know, so it kind of records what's right. happening. And uh, somebody just drove by and started shooting at the house, his neighbor's house. And you can hear him in the background going, uh, they're shooting again. So that means that's happened before. And it was just like a normal thing. Right. And I'll I'll be honest. I mean, I think we talk times we talk at times about kind of living in our bubble. I have when I tell my kids to go outside and play, at no point does it cross my mind somebody's going to drive by and shoot at the house. Right. At no point in time am I fearful that uh, that something like that's going to happen. And and I I don't know what is happening in certain parts of our community, but. But we, we have created an atmosphere over the last year where, where you have, you have, uh, drug addiction is, is going through the roof. Suicide is going through the roof. Mental health issues is going through the roof. People are locked down. People have lost jobs. And so it creates kind of this powder keg yeah. that now is, is showing itself. Yeah. And, and, and I, I was talking to a church the other day and I said, look, we, we have a, uh, we have an, a heart problem within our country where, we have devalued humans, whether it be in the womb, whether it be what, what happened in New York with, with people in nursing homes right. or, uh, or whatever. So don't be surprised when, when we devalue life everywhere in between those two stages. And, and that's what we're finding ourselves in, where, where life is not valuable. We just see it as a, that's just some random person or, or I was angry at that person or, 
Uh, I mean, and not just with what's, what's happening in, in that community, but, but I feel like I'm seeing more and more news stories of this person is missing. They just found a guy over that's from Tazewell that, that right. they just found him dead. Right. And, and just multiple people that I'm going, something's going on here, folks. Yeah. That we need to, we need to address. Well, there's, there's just so many dynamics to it. And, and you, you and I both know I talk about it almost nonstop as we think about the complexity of this world. It's not just sin upon sin upon sin, but there really is fallenness and fallenness includes a lot of hurt. It includes a lot of suffering. It includes addiction. It includes violence. It includes all of the other things that we face day in and day out. And so when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about what we might do. You might say, what should I do? Maybe you're not on that side uh, or in that part of our community. Um, maybe you don't know exactly how to respond. We'll talk more when we come back. So we're back. And, and another thing that we, we haven't mentioned, Jason, is... Was it last week? Uh, Carmen, the, the gospel singer, do you remember him? Oh yeah. Uh, passed away, uh, last week. End of an era. Yeah. I mean, that, that is, if you grew up in Southern Baptist church in the nineties. Christian or really. Any really, really probably yeah, any, yeah, not kind just of Southern Christian Baptist. subculture. Uh, but my goodness. He 90s, was the yeah. dude. I mean, yes. he was, uh, yeah, it was, it, it's one of those things where we're, we're hitting an age. I right. feel like. Where a lot of the folks that we look to in a number of different sports or whatever are, are getting older. One and of, so we're going to see a lot more of that. Yeah. One of the, I wouldn't say more formative. That's not accurate. Maybe one of the more memorable moments I have of my childhood, um, was at a vacation Bible school mm-hmm. where uh, a part of the program was that they had a guy who did karate or okay. some degree of martial arts. Of course they did. Okay. And he did kind of a, a show, if, mm-hmm. if we could use that, or a number. I, I don't even know how he would a performance that involved um, a lot of breaking boards. Yep. It involved fire at the end. There you go. I think breaking a few boards that were on fire and all of it was accompanied by a Carmen song or a a number of Carmen songs. And they were all very intense. Yep. And the guy that would do the karate kind of lip synced along with it as he, as he did. Now was he wearing his his feet and a belt? Yes. Okay. So he did his feats. He he would kind of sing along for a minute, and then he would run <laughs> over and so break good. boards. And then he would sing along for That's a minute, and, and he would break boards. And look at you, twenty something years and, later, and look, you still remember it. It was me, actually. No, I'm <laughs> joking. It was not and me. And that was the day you knew you were called to be. A <laughs> and, and that it's amazing how the Lord works. And that is why I will be completing my black belt here soon. Come on. No, no, that is not true. But uh, the story is true. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I, honestly, that might be the most exposure that I really had to Carmen. Well, we had, I remember, cause I was real young and my brothers, Carmen had a song called like the duel or the fight or something. And it was Jesus and the devil. Oh, which is very much dualism, which is not good theology, <laughs> but anyway, it made right. for a good scene. Right. And so the interesting thing about that was my oldest brother played Jesus. 
Oh. My middle brother played the devil. And and I'll just be honest, in that moment in time in their lives, they were both cast perfectly. Really? I'll say that. Nice. Sean, my middle brother, was like, yeah, I am. Uh, I can play a good devil. Got and it. my other brother, still to this day, plays a good Jesus. Yeah. Uh, in terms of being on the straight and narrow right, path. Right, right. And so you had this fight, this boxing match. Of them boxing Ooh. throughout the whole uh the song. Yeah. And then of course Jesus wins. But now I look back as a grown person, I'm going, the song kind of makes it out like you don't know who's gonna win, but hey, we, we, we kinda know. know. We, we know. know. We knew how that was gonna go. And uh, I'm actually surprised my middle brother, who is bigger than both me and my older brother, didn't just rewrite the script and take it upon himself <laughs> to win that fight. And he was saying, uh, and he was saying, yeah, yeah, that would have been a real problem. Uh, I'm not sure how we'd have been able to explain that one to the, to the congregation, yeah. but that was also VBS. Wow. Uh, and so I would imagine there are thousands oh of thousands yeah. of similar no stories across, uh, again, no the question. Christian subculture, uh, during our yep. childhood, something related to Carmen. Yeah. So, anyway. So, uh, you know, he's in a, he's in a better place. That's he, right. He, Touched a lot of people's lives. And, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, he did just, what he did and he did it really well. Yeah. It was sad to see that uh, across the, the feed last week. And, and, and so as we, as we kind of go back to, uh, things that are happening in our community and from a pastor standpoint, it, it's easy to say, look, this is a hard issue. It's easy to say, uh, we need to get the gospel to people. All those things are true. But, but what are some practical steps people can take? Especially, you know, you, you think about even, uh, those of us that, that, that are partners at Shoreline where we may feel disconnected from some things that, that are going on across the city. Right. Uh, what are some, you know, words of, of advice, some, some things that you might, uh, give to, to people that are listening today? Yeah. So I, I would, I would start with something that for whatever reason we have not, um, we've not made practical. We, we have, made it feel so mystical and, and almost we've stolen the power away from it. Um, but I would say just the first, the, the starting point is that we need to pray for these communities. We need to pray for peace to abound in our community. Um, and we see that that kind of shows itself or the lack of peace shows itself in various ways and where violence is rampant. It's expressing itself in certain ways. But I would first say, truly, if you're broken over any situation in your community or in our nation, um, that our, our initial temptation is that we're going to go and fix it somehow. Yeah. And uh, I think just a good posture for us to always take is prayer because it reminds us that ultimately it's the power of God that can heal and can restore. Now, that does not mean that we don't have additional responsibilities. And so I'm not going to say that. I think the second thing is to recognize that for many who may not necessarily be um, connected uh, firsthand, um, that you may be connected to a church that is serving some of those areas in our community in various ways. And so um, this is not a money grab. Please hear me very clearly. But it is a reminder that when you give faithfully to your local church, it is not simply just for things related to you and mm-hmm. your needs being met. Because you very well may say, well, my needs are being met, and so I don't need to give. Well, what happens is actually um, what is being you know, given goes to um, a whole lot more than just your needs. It's going towards wonderful ministries, 
globally and locally. And I know that's certainly true for Shoreline. Mm-hmm. And so remain faithful in doing that. I would then also say many, many of the things that are plaguing our community already have wonderful ministries, parachurch organizations, nonprofits. They already are in play in our community. And so I would encourage you to do some research and to learn about what are folks and groups that are doing great work and simply reach out and figure out how can you serve them in needed ways. I would actually, I would encourage people to fight the temptation to step into communities and to deem that they're going to be the ones that are going to be the rescuers or they're going to be the ones that are going to come up with the idea. They're going to be the ones that are going to somehow break through the challenges. No, 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 no. There are people that have already been on the ground for decades in many cases and they know the community. They very well may need your manpower. They may need your resources. They certainly need your prayers. Mm-hmm. And so serve those wonderful, wonderful organizations that already exist in our community. And then I would say, finally, you know, if you so feel led to be a part of those communities, maybe you already are, then then really invest into them. If you feel, hey, it would be most fruitful for me uh, rather than kind of, you know, driving in from one part of town and trying to do something impactful, start life in that part of the community. Be a person who invests into it financially. Be a person who invests into it with your time, your energy, your resources, build relationships, create neighbor relationships, worship in these parts of the community. These things might help. And so there's a lot that can be done for some. They'd say, listen, that is a, that, that stuff you were talking about at the end, that feels really, really daunting. Well, let's start with prayer. Mm-hmm. Let's start with giving. Let's start with sending that email to one of these organizations in our community. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, it, it, when we see things like this happen, we uh, we do a couple things. We either go, well, that that doesn't affect me. You know, I live where I live, and it, it it's not an issue. Or we say things like, uh, you know, why, why aren't they doing anything about it? Look, as Jason said earlier, this is very complex. It's not as simple as passing a piece of legislation. It's not as simple as passing an ordinance within the city. Uh and it's not as simple as having a meeting where a lot of people are interested. Right. Uh, and so we have to invest in time and money and really get to a place of trying our best to understand what other folks are going through. Right. And that's not easy to do. But but we have so much brokenness around us that sometimes it can be overwhelming. So so our default is to do nothing because it's right. just so overwhelming. I can't I can't do anything. And then we have some folks that are so eager to just post about it, but they're really not doing anything. They just become kind of social media advocates, and, and so they're not doing anything. Uh, so what I would say is if don't just assume, though, that because they're posting about it, they're not doing anything, but also don't assume that because somebody's not posting about it, they aren't doing anything. Right, right. And, and so I think it's a... It's going to take a lot of hard work and, and, but first and foremost, in order for anything to occur, in order for, for any hearts to be changed, relationships have to happen in those areas. Right. And, and so that means putting in the time, putting in the effort, building relationships with folks so that they know, oh, there's somebody here that loves me, not just because they see me as a charity case, but because they care about me. Right. And they really care about me. And that is a, 
That's hard. It is very hard to do because it's going to mess up your daily routine. It's going to mess up uh, what you you may think it's going to mess up kind of your your going zone. But but man, the, the effort is worth it. I uh, I saw something this last week um, related to the U.S. women's national team and soccer team, and obviously. Uh, if you're not a sports junkie, um, you might not know, but man, our, our women's, uh, soccer team for decades has, has really been the premier, uh, mm-hmm. team, uh, you know, globally. And so, um, these ladies have, um, really earned a voice, uh, in our community over the last, uh, many years. And, uh, of course, there's been all kinds of discussions over the last many years related to the national anthem and things of that right. sort, but it was actually noted that they stood for the national anthem this last time, and someone asked them why, and one of the players said, we're beyond bringing attention to this. Hmm. It's time for us to actually do something. And they actually affirmed, we're already doing a lot of things, which I think that's a great lesson for us. You know, at times we just want to kind of sound the alarm. Well, let's also step in and let's serve and let's respond. We'll be back. So as we finish up today, Jason Hayes, Jason, what's your plans for the rest of the week? What's what's your week look like? I'll probably, um, I'll probably sunbathe. Yeah, well, I would I mean, imagine a get little it, bit. Get it in as quick as you can because the rain is coming. Yeah, and then I'll just convert directly to a rain jacket. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean I, I'm enjoying um, some sun. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we have a a week that, if weather permits, um, between the three teams that we have at CAK that I help with as far as baseball, um, we will have a game every night of the week. <laughs> wow. uh, and in some cases, like two fun. games uh, oh, wow. on, on certain nights. And yeah. so uh, not that doesn't mean that every player is playing every sure, game. It's sure. just meaning for our coaching staff, we'll be out. And so – um, we'll see. Maybe we get a little bit of a rest, but I love it. So I hope we can play. So this do you weekend. wear? Do you wear the uniform? I do not. Okay. I do not. Now we do wear team you wear colors, and you wear I suit. actually just wear a suit. Um, no, we wear team colors, and we have team gear and all that other stuff, and I wear the baseball hat and all. But that not jazz, the but no. baseball pants and jersey. No. Why is no. it that baseball is the sport? Where the manager wears the uniform? Can you not imagine football, that? Imagine not that basketball. Like basketball. <laughs> Imagine in basketball <laughs> or hockey. Yeah. Like, like one of these guys just, yeah. you know, like, Oh wow. You know, like I am, I'm seeing far too much leg of that coach. Yeah. I have know. noticed though that especially in college basketball, the dress has really more gone more casual. They used to all have suit coats on and ties. And now it's like, I'm just going to throw this pullover on this fleece on and some sweet sneakers. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. This, this now, sweet. now, uh, I do want to say I'm almost cautious to, to step into this because I feel confident we have a number of Vanderbilt listeners. Uh, yeah. uh I am a former resident of it's Nashville, lived there, lived there for seven or eight years and, um, did not, um, necessarily acquire a great fondness for the sure. program. I actually thought growing up in East Tennessee that it was kind of like, oh, we'll cheer for Vanderbilt when we're not playing sure. against them. Yeah. And then I went to no. Nashville and realized that all Vanderbilt fans hate the yeah, University of with Tennessee. A passion. And so it created some some hardship yeah. there in me and some hard feelings in there. And so this is a hard thing for me to say, but Jerry Stackhouse, who's the coach yep. for uh, Vanderbilt, you know, new coach, that guy dresses unbelievably. Yeah. And he has been wearing like like – Still, yeah. like three piece suit, 
he's kind of fighting it. And sometimes and like, with Nike, like, like look, that yeah. dude dresses great. Yeah, but boy, they're struggling. They are not as good as what they, they had hoped. They uh, are struggling. And it's interesting that Penny Hardaway um, yep. has not turned Memphis like they yep. suspected that he might. Look, I always, uh, he's I was got a, great recruits. Yeah, I was always a fan of Penny yep. when he played. Yep. As soon as he became the coach of Memphis, uh, some things he said toward Rick Barnes. Right. Sorry, dude. Like, mm. you, you mm. hurt me. You hurt me. And I always loved his shoes. I love the commercials when uh, they had little yeah, penny. Yeah, I had, I had yeah. his shoes. I had yeah. the pennies that were super light. Yeah. Uh, I wish I held on to all those shoes that I had when I was a kid. I had the Kobe's, the first Kobe's. I had yep. pennies. And I wore them until my foot couldn't fit in them. I threw them away. Right. And man, I wish I'd have held on to them. Yeah, I, I have wondered though with my, cause I've felt the same way, but then I've wondered that about my boys. It feels like it's different because I'm like, I don't, I don't really know that, that there's a shoe that my kids are like necessarily really wanting. Well, there's so many more options nowadays right. than there were then. Right. And it feels like a whole lot more athletes actually have their own shoe. Oh, for, for so sure. So it used to be, I mean, it was like Jordan's and Kobe, you know, and yeah. Shaq. You, you know, had to be really, legit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like, oh, I, I, you're one of the top five athletes in the sport. Yeah. And, and you might have your own shoe. Now it, it's kind of feels like, well, everyone's got, yeah, a yeah. hybrid of something. You know? I even had a uh, my baseball cleats one year were the big hurt Frank Thomas oh. was his cleats. So because I mean clearly we were the, like the same. Oh, you guys are the same same guy. player. <laughs> do you all? I mean, do you feel as if uh, we're probably just like a, a, a maybe a season or two away as far as a, a radio show? We're probably like a season or two away from getting our own shoes, like a, a shoe deal. Yeah, I think so. I mean, me and you both have good taste in shoes. Right. I will say that for right. sure. Again, we're not saying that we're 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 looking for sponsors that want to provide but, shoes. But I would love it. But we don't hate shoes. You wouldn't even have to pay us. No money, just buy shoes. Just give us shoes. Shoes. A lot of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That when I watch, I, I know some guys that play college sports, and you know, like UT is with Nike. Yeah. And and uh, one of the dudes the other day posted, and it was just his bed was full of Nike gear. And I thought, man, that's got to be. Yep. There's got to be moments where he's like, this is the great. You know, you think think when you were 20, 21. Right. And if you just got, you didn't get paid any money. But they just gave you all the Nike gear you so, could want. So you would just be like, this is, this, I've won the lottery. So I had a, a, a real internal battle a few years ago. Um, uh you, you know, you and I, again, Scott Stallings, uh, yeah. one of my dear friends, friend of yours, uh, PGA golfer. For years, he was sponsored by Under Armour. Mm, yeah. uh, but at the time when he was sponsored by Under Armour, he was not fit like he is today. <laughs> yeah. He was actually yeah, yeah. heavy, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, quite heavy, he would tell you. Now he's probably the fittest guy yeah, on the tour. 100%. Well, so he would constantly give me Under Armour wow, stuff, yeah. constantly. The problem is... Like, it was almost like encouraging me to be heavy. Because it was big. Because it was big. Yeah, yeah. So? Yeah. So, Scott, if you're listening, I would love a pair of Noble shoes. Yes. I will also tell you that I've gotten rid of my Under Armour. (laughs) I have. And I'm trying to not be heavy. (laughs) So, we're committed to this and to a number of other things. We will see you next week.